Welcome to the Born Unbreakable Podcast. I'm your host, Coach Des, mindset motivator and lifestyle entrepreneur. From lost trauma, disappointments, and devastation to healing hope and betterment, what has grounded me is my unbreakable spirit. We all have that spirit within us. Every week, I'm here to inspire you with stories of perseverance and growth. My mission is to help you crush self-limiting beliefs and to be unapologetically you. You are your only limit, so take action today. Let your unbreakable ride begin now. This episode is brought to you by Blue Skies Life, a lifestyle brand with high quality, ethical, and sustainable products. There are products for your mind, body, and home, everything from calming tea and luxurious shea butter to Turkish towels and silk kimonos. The holiday season is upon us, so start getting these one-of-a-kind gifts now. Go to blueskieslife.com, that's B-L-U-S-K-Y-S, life.com and use code BU20 to get 20% off your order today. Welcome to the Born Unbreakable podcast. I am back today with a special guest calling in all the way from India today. And we were just talking about it being evening there and raining. And that's the opposite. I'm yes. actually in Las Vegas, Nevada, where it's morning and it's hot. So we've got different countries and climates represented here <laughs> today. But today I have Akash, Akash Bors with me, and I'm very excited. We, ha- we actually share in the space of consulting, and he's the founding member and director at Faber Infinite Creative Solutions. He has expertise in organizational transformation, operational excellence, and change management, and global clients. We were just talking about having clients in eight to 10 countries and industries, all the way from engineering to consumer goods to pharma and many others in between. And with his background, the company's organizational transformation framework and customized implementation approach, you're helping organizations achieve what I love, which is sustained change. It's really easy for a change to happen, but for it to be sustained is another thing. So welcome, Akash, to the show. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me and thank you so much for this wonderful introduction. I look forward to talking to you and the audience as well. Wonderful. Well, I wanted to start out before anything else asking you, how did you get into the industry of consulting and what prompted you to be a founding member of Faber Infinite Creative Solutions? Yeah, uh, that, that is something which is very close to my heart, the question that you have asked right now. So I'll, I'll take one step back and talk about uh, my background. So I am a, I'm an engineer by academics, but then during my engineering days, I realized that I will need something more to keep me uh, engaged and happy. So that's where I said that I'll have to get into something which is uh, beyond the engineering stuff. And that's what I did. I got into uh, operations management. And during my master's days, I realized that I would want to do something which is into consulting space. So I would say I was one consultant. So I started my <laughs> career as a consultant. I was, yeah. So I was associated with an American consulting group. I uh, started that right after my campus placement from the college. I did that for almost around 12 to 14 months. So where we, we were working for clients all across the globe, we were serving clients in the US, Europe, as well as some of our projects that we did in Asia as well, where we were working on low cost country sourcing projects. And that's when I realized that if this can be done for clients across the world, why can't I pick up consulting on my own? So that's where I branched out. Uh, since uh, then, I started working as a consultant for several consulting organizations, as well as several projects that we did for uh, clients like United Nations, African Union, 
and of course during the course we also worked with a lot of private sector organizations and during this uh, journey of consulting across uh, different territories geographies i met my other two co-founders so that's where i met jalan vishal where we were working on projects in africa and uh, we uh, internally realized that if we can do such phenomenal work across uh, um, different countries why can't we do that in india as well as middle east which are geographies closer to us and that's where we started this organization almost 10 years back so even before being into this domain of uh, change management and starting up i would say i was already into this domain of consulting that is wonderful and tremendous experiences to be able to do work globally and be able to start something right there in your home country uh you know it's it's so fascinating because oftentimes in conversations that i have with people uh as a consultant everybody wonders what does a consultant do <laughs> like what is the day in the life of a consultant so i i know there is no average day because every day is a little bit different but if you could walk me through what are some of the kinds of problems that you solve for an organization when they want to partner with you sure i will uh, go into details of that but as you said that there is no normal average day in consulting life so i i understand that we share the same uh, domain so that's where i can very well correlate with the question so it's like uh, the whole purpose of getting into consulting and starting up uh, a consulting organization was that i always longed for something which was not normal so i i was always fascinated by looking at different industries and different uh, challenges so uh, typically when it comes to our clients why they uh, engage with us or why we are on board is a constant quest for continual improvement so where we work with our clients on continuous growth which is sustainable so typically when it comes to progressive organizations and of course i'm sure when i'm talking about organizations uh, there are different sets of organizations typically i'm talking about organizations which would want to get into the next league that's where we come into picture and it's all around tangible numbers where we are talking about increasing the profitability for our clients now if i were to put that in plain simple layman terms there could be two ways to increase your profit either you increase your sales or you cut down on your cost so that's if i were to talk about increase your top line or improve on your bottom line so we work with our clients on both these facets so many of our clients in africa where we work with them on increasing sales and it is hardcore implementation on the real field so it is less of boardroom consulting that we do it is more of implementation driven consulting whereas when it comes to the the cost part of it if i were to generalize it we typically work with clients where clients need assistance in terms of quality improvement cost reduction delivery improvement so there are more than 20 25 such facets which comes to operational parameters So if I were to quickly run through them it's quality cost delivery manpower productivity energy yield efficiency inventory safety there could be so many such parameters that we work on so it's a long list but of course it uh, the solution what we provide is uh, how do you customize the solution to suit the local requirement mm-hmm. so it's like if I were to go into further details it completely depends on the client uh, geography as well as the requirement by virtue of uh, our presence and uh, the time that we have invested we have worked with all different uh, sectors so there would be commercial farms in africa where you have hectares and hectares of uh, farming land where we work with uh, flower farms tea farms and where we uh, apply concepts of six sigma to improve the yield there 
at the other end there could be highly technical engineering industries or pharmaceutical manufacturers where we work on improving their efficiencies mhm that's that's wonderful and i'm familiar with that as well i know that lean uh kaizen events and and that methodology is something that you uh adopt and deploy sure. in your in your process and one of the things that um i noticed about what you focus on is an organizational transformation framework and is could you talk more about yes. the framework and how it helps to achieve sustainable results Sure, sure. I will. I I must say that you have done good amount of homework when you <laughs> ask that question. So typically, <laughs> so typically uh, we face that question: What is the methodology or the framework that you would be adopting to bring in that change? So of course, as you said, there are different methodologies. So whether that is lean, somebody calls it world class manufacturing, somebody calls it TPM or TPS. or toc for that matter what we bring on the table is we pick and deploy the tool as per the need on the ground so we are not married to one tool or one methodology we have our own organizational transformation framework which is faber infinite uh, patented framework so based on our so many years of experience what we have done is we have refined the tool and the methodology as per the requirement on the ground so many of our clients come to us that we would want to improve manpower productivity so of course there would be tools from the toolbox like whether whether you call it as a ti- fundamental time and motion study or it could be as uh, uh, relevant like uh, the study relating to dio methodology or when it comes to quality improvement it could be as advanced as design of uh, experiments or six or it could be as fundamental as 7 qc tools so uh, that is what makes us very very unique and has helped us to work with clients on tangible results so now that you're talking about uh, the transformation framework i must uh, mention it here that what has helped us to stand shoulder to shoulder with large consulting organizations with hundreds of years of legacy is that we assure return on the consulting investment so it is something like 5 to 10 times return on the consulting investment what we have been delivering that's incredible that is an amazing return on investment and for for Thank any you. of you who are listening and are thinking maybe we're speaking a little bit of a crazy language um part of consulting um like akash is talking about is figure out figuring out how to do things better more efficiently and cutting out the waste so oftentimes um part of it is seeing a process and recognizing steps in a process that are extraneous that don't need to be there or certain things that are actually costing an organization more money and when you improve on those things that are wasteful or too expensive or unnecessary then their performance has the ability to get to the next level and that's uh you know all different industries face opportunities just like that so uh just to give a little bit more context right. to, to the kind of things that we we look for um in the consulting realm um but one of the the things that i'm very excited to ask yeah. you about is change management so if we think about sure. change change is hard <laughs> so whether it's a small company, you know a small company or a large organization part of the challenge is change is disruptive so even when change is perceived as being good it's still disrupting the norm so my question for you is of course how do you address change 
to get the right kind of buy-in of an organization to make sure that it's successful. People believe in what change is happening. Sure, I will do that. I hope I am audible. Yeah. So uh, before we jump onto the change part, uh, I would take this opportunity and add on to what you said, uh, as in for your audience that it should not appear that I'm talking alien language. <laughs> so when we are talking about improve, <laughs> so when we are talking about improvement, we are talking about there could be two ways to improve process, whether adding machines, adding people, and then you improve. But then there is a limit to it, how much you can add. But at the same time, there is another way, which typically uh, is spoken in lean terminology, where you're eliminating the inefficiencies in the process in the system. So there could be several such examples of those inefficiencies. So whether that is rework, whether that is equipment breakdown, or whether that is say yield loss and so on and so forth. There could be plenty of those uh, parameters, but typically what the other side is, how do you eliminate and improve the processes? And that's where the change comes into picture. And one thing what you mentioned very correctly is like whether it is a large organization or it's a small organization, it doesn't matter. Everybody uh, faces change as a very difficult subject. And in fact, today morning, I was talking to uh, uh, one of our colleagues where I was mentioning it to her that the small organizations always say that it is easier for the large organization and <laughs> vice versa. Whereas uh, when it comes to the actual uh, situation, it is equally difficult for both of them. So what happens uh, when we uh, come on the table, when we talk about change, all these tools that we have been talking about are freely available. They are like open source. So whether that is uh, methods like lean or TPM and so on and so forth. What we bring on the table is how do we select, pick and choose the change management method which suits the client organization. So it's like if I were to talk about one very simple thing as in it may appear simple, but then when it comes to actual implementation, it calls for a lot of uh, effort and challenge, is what we do is we identify who are the people who are excited by the change. So it's like there are several steps into it. I'll just cut that down short and I'll talk about what is critical. So it's like if I'm talking to a set of 100 people, there would be 20% who would be extremely positive, who would accept the change. There would be 20% who would be very negative. So there would be typical laggards who would say that this will not work in here. This has happened in the past. This is going to fail. And the rest, 60% would be fence sitters. They'd be typically waiting and watching what's happening. Now, as a consultant, or whether you, it's an external consultant or an internal consultant, if you are to waste your energies on the laggards, the negative people, you are bound to fail. So that's where as a consultant, it is very important that you identify which are those positive people who are accepting that change, encouraging them such that the fence sitters, the majority 60% of the people fall on the positive side that they see that if we are following the change, we are getting rewarded. This is going to help us. So typically that's where you have the 80% of the chunk, which is the critical mass for you to drive that change. And what is left out of that 20%, you will have 10% people typically fall on your side, they'll agree to it and the other rest 10% they'll move out. So this is one simple uh, thing what uh, can drive change. And typically if I were to extend this, this is the same phenomenon or methodology people are adopting to bring in global change, if I were to say that. So if I were to launch a new phone into the market or new, say, apparel into the market or it is new technology, or same applies if I'm implementing Six Sigma within an organization. If I follow certain change management uh, methods, uh, the chances of success would increase. So I've just mentioned one of it. There could be plenty more that we can discuss 
in due course. Yes, this is really great to hear. I can align with that approach very much. And uh, the term that we use when we identify those individuals who are positive are champions, people who are champions of change. And I think of that any, anyone who's listening, right. um, I mean, you can think about it in your own household, <laughs> even when you're trying to get the family on board with something, you usually get the one who is, you know, excited about it and you get them to be the advocate, right? The advocate for whatever it is that we're trying to move forward with. And, um, you know, human psychology sure. can be uh, a challenging thing, but it's amazing how quickly you can get people to believe in something when they understand the benefits of it, they understand the impact of it. And I think the most important thing that I've found in the change space is the why. Why of course. Is, the, is the reason for the change and what's in it for me? You know, what, what is this right. going to do fundamentally for me? And so I think a, a big question that I see is, um, is it going to make my job easier, faster? Am I going to have the tools that I need to be more effective? So um, it, it excites me to talk right. about <laughs> this subject. Of course. So now that you mentioned it, uh, that reminds me of what you are mentioning is called as Noster's model. So which is a very recent change management uh, framework, what was introduced by Noster's. Mm -hmm. So it typically talks about uh, the first thing to drive change is vision. What is in it for me? So if I am uh, clearing that vision, that will make the road easier. And of course, there are four more elements beyond vision where you are talking about the skill set, or where you are talking about the incentives or whether you're talking about resources, as you said, and finally having the right action plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it, it's important to recognize too, because you, you know, you mentioned that there are a percentage of laggards or negative people. And sometimes for leaders of an organization that can feel daunting to have folks who can be, let's say, that bad apple that can spoil a bunch, if you will. And, um, you know, my, my personal perspective on that is those individuals, you wouldn't want them there anyway. You know, it might sound a little bit harsh, but for those, those people, oftentimes it's those that want to fly under the radar because they don't want to do things. They don't want their productivity levels to be at a certain place. Um, or they might have had one foot out the door to, you know, maybe they're ready to, right. to uh, go off and retire or they're just, you know, trying to do the, the minimum amount. But when you're thinking of creating an organization that's going from good to great, you want people that want to be there and want to, you know, make the experience better. So um, it's a tough thing as a leader to deal with, but it's a, a natural part of, I think, any organization. Of course, of course. And it's like uh, when it comes to such a change initiative, it is that leadership the top management commitment, which uh, is very, very critical. Mm -hmm. So as uh, Sensei Masaki Imai says, it's like it calls for three ingredients for driving change. So the first one, as they say, is top management commitment, which is found in a rare situation. The second one is top management commitment. And the third one is again, top management commitment. So that is very, <laughs> very critical, true. That is the number one, Akash. That is so true. We say that if you... Of course. Having, having management commitment is more than half of what you need to get the change. It's more than 50% of what's of required. It's like you can't pass yeah. go true. until you have that, right? <laughs> true, 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 true. 
Yeah. So it's so, like accepting that uh, there is possibility for improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I could talk about change management for, for hours, but um, one of the things I wanted to ask you about is being an entrepreneur. So I know you mentioned being a consultant and then partnering with your two colleagues to found your own consultancy. My question for you is, what is the most fulfilling part and then what is the most challenging part of being an entrepreneur? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so uh, the most fulfilling part, <laughs> it's, it's a very interesting question. And uh, when uh, you're talking to an entrepreneur, I would say that is something which is closest to their hearts. What is fulfilling? So it is something like uh, the kind of change what we are bringing in and uh, the kind of impact what it is having on lives of different people that is very fulfilling so it's like i will tell you so of course when we are working with organizations of course organizations improve the profitability for the management improves that is of course given and that's why we are into existence but beyond that it also improves the quality of the life for all the people associated so whether that is the management or the people, the operators who are working on the ground. So whether that's India, Africa, Middle East, I have had so many feedback from clients and client teams that whatever we did, say, five years back, 10 years back, is still helping us. That changed our lives. So it, not only in terms of uh, professional fronts, but also in personal terms, that has improved our lives. For, as in, of course, money is definitely there. Financial improvement is definitely there, but along with that, the quality of life has also improved. So that is something which is very fulfilling. And as an organization, uh, we have certain set uh, values which are very close to our heart. And when we are talking about those values, we have been living by those values. So one of them, or rather I'll talk about two of them. So one is where we are talking about improving the quality of life for all the stakeholders. So that includes our team members as well as the client teams where we have been delivering that. And it's like that philosophy of under committing and overperforming. So that always there stays there with the clients as well as with the teams. The another thing that I would want to mention is uh, what is fulfilling is uh, we have been working with organizations or sectors which are touching humanity. So if I were to go into details of that, which are those sectors which touch humanity? So it's like your food, shelter, your clothing, pharmaceutical, which is medicine, and say technology. So we have been working in these domains very aggressively. And it's like you look at each and everything around you. I can say that we have been working in that particular industry. So it is like if I were to extend that to the very recent uh, situation that the entire world is facing, the pandemic. When the pandemic started, everybody started looking for HCQ. One of our clients is one of the largest manufacturers of SHCQ. And whatever we did for them over the past few years was helping them to increase the production, ramp up the production and provide the world with HCQ. There's another client of ours which supplies to the vaccine manufacturers. And today we are talking about that vaccine is uh, the only savior. Similarly, when the world was facing crunch of oxygen this is one of the largest India's largest and world's second largest cryogenic tank manufacturing company. So the kind of work that we did for them or even now we work with them to enhance their production capacities is kind of directly impacting the human race, the mankind and what is something which we wanted to do. So all of this is very, very fulfilling. And I'm sure 
you'll appreciate that so i i, I uh, would cut uh, that down here and uh, the next part what you asked me was in terms of challenges i would say every day is a challenge and <laughs> it's like how do you deal with that challenge so uh, if uh, it's a very interesting uh, life and as they say that when it comes to being a first generation entrepreneur and uh, i i would say it it calls for a different set of mind uh, being a first generation of uh, first generation entrepreneur and uh, in here if it was a typical 9 to 5 setup with due respects to people who are into that setup they would have set of goals and direction coming up from the organization from the management but when it comes to an entrepreneur who is running a show on his own he will he or she will have to pull up the socks on their own so that is something which uh, i would say is uh, making this world different where you need to look at opportunities and i would not call them as challenges opportunities either to improve or to grow and lead the organization in that direction so it could be anything like one of the things that we have been working on is opening up two new regions or two new territories every year and that's what we have been doing or it could be coming up with new offerings altogether which keeps you relevant and which makes you more useful to the clients so it's like uh, one of our offerings uh, is typically what we call it as lean facility design which is our own uh, patented offering in the market so this is what we identified during the course of our work is whenever if any client is coming up with a new facility if they are setting up a new greenfield project or if they are expanding they need a lot of things to be in place such that the facility is world class right from day zero so rather than getting into a change initiative later we do that initiative right at the beginning so that's where we compiled came up with this lean facility design which is uh, i would say derived from principles of lean management industrial engineering and project management so there could be several such offerings but then it's like how do you identify that need and provide your solution on a regular basis so makes it more uh, interesting yes i appreciate so much your response because even in the space of talking about challenges you see that as opportunity and i think that is such an important thing to call out in terms of having an entrepreneurial mindset it's not a roadblock it's something to improve upon and i think that is a big distinction you know for for anybody who is uh looking for those characteristics of what it means to be a good entrepreneur is to be a problem solver right and offer solutions to to problems that we're facing in the world so thank of you of course i'm gl- i'm glad you appreciate that <laughs> Thank you. So, Akash, one of the things that I like to do <laughs> on my show is to ask also, in addition to questions that allow people to get to know your background, are questions that allow people to get to know you as my guest a little bit more personally. So, I'm going to jump into those questions and the sure. first question is pretty easy i think is uh, what are three words that best describe you okay <laughs> uh, that is kind of very spontaneous so <laughs> the three three words that would describe me would be uh, resilient the next one would be creative and the third one could be i am unable to recall but then the third one could be say somebody who is a dreamer who aspires a lot so high on aspiration perhaps yes 
I think those are really good qualities, especially for a consultant. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, of course. All of them, they, they help you in your professional life, yeah. Exactly, exactly. My next question for you is, what is something about yourself that you're working on improving? Okay, so uh, one thing that I'm working on is to improve my fitness, which I have started very recently. So having said that, I have always been on the fitter side, but then how do you increase the fitness levels is something what I'm currently working on. And if I were to extend that to the professional life, I am very fascinated by two uh, aspects. One is uh, the world of industrial IoT, what is popularly known as Industry Mm 4.0. So we are working in that space. So that is something that I am adding on to. The next one is uh, what another aspect is very close to my heart is uh, working with different entrepreneurs. So those budding entrepreneurs is something what I am working on as well. That is wonderful. Do you like mentorship, Akash? Is that something that you enjoy doing, mentoring other up-and-coming entrepreneurs? I feel that energy from you. Of course. So, yeah, that is what... No, of course, thank you. So it is something like what I was always looking for during my early days. That is something that I would want to offer to people who are coming up. And there have been cases uh, where uh, budding entrepreneurs have wonderful ideas, wonderful products, but then they might lack, I, I would say beyond funds, they might lack access to the market or having the right perspective of running that as a uh, Profit center is something what uh, is lacking in many of the cases. And that's what I have been trying to provide beyond the funds, if I were to say. Of course, funding is one of the aspects. But beyond that, these are the two main elements that we are working on with a few of them. That is wonderful. Really great. Okay, my next question for you is, what is a self-limiting belief that you've had to overcome? I'm sorry, can you repeat that? Uh, There was a slight lag, I missed that. Yeah, what is a self-limiting belief that you've had about yourself that you've had to overcome? Okay, there there might be many, but then now (laughs) that something (laughs) something which comes to the top of my mind is uh, being a first generation entrepreneur. So that is something which uh, sometimes keeps coming up every now and then. But then now uh, with uh, time, I think I've learned how to overcome that. So there was one uh, episode in my life where I had this opportunity of interacting uh, in a in a very close uh, meeting with uh, the current prime minister of the country, uh, who was the chief minister then. Uh, Uh, Narendra Modi. So when uh, we had that opportunity of interacting with him, there was one of, and it was a closed room event for the young entrepreneurs of uh, the state or the province that I come from, Gujarat. So where uh, we were discussing on all different uh, facets of uh, starting up and entrepreneurship. So one of the questions which came up is how how does a first generation entrepreneur deal with the situation, how he or she can deal with the situation. And that's where he came up with a very interesting reply to that. It's like he mentioned that I am a first generation uh, politician and the same applies to being an entrepreneur as well. So so it's like if I can be a first generation politician, same thing can apply to you as well. And that kind of uh, stuck with me. And this I'm talking about way back in 2020. 12, 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's good. I like that. I like that. Okay. 
Uh, what is one thing that you would want to see changed in the world? Okay. So uh, if I were to see, there are a few things that I am working on. Of course, one is uh, working on, as in supporting the sectors, touching humanity, which is there. On personal front, I am uh, also trying to author a book, so which is there. But along with all of that, one thing that I would look to change or want to see as changed is also aligned with what we are doing. Is we would want, uh, personally, I would want to make India a first world country. And same applies to the geographies that we are working on. So whether that is Africa or India, we are talking about improving the competitiveness of these regions such that they become first world countries. So that is something uh, I would want to see changed. So whether that is India or countries in Africa where we are working on. The reason being is uh, the, there is an immense potential. And here we are not talking about... Uh, I would say, in any ways, degrading what the other countries across the world are doing. We are talking about improving the current situation in the geographies that we are working on. And I would say it is aligned with what we are doing. So we are working on improving competitiveness of these regions. Yes. I think that's remarkable. You know, there's so many amazing, talented people in those countries. Uh, I myself partner with people in India who have advanced our thinking and our tools, our technology beyond um, what is imaginable. So I, I love what you're doing and we need more people like you, Akash. <laughs> Thank you so much, thank you so much. Okay. So it's like uh, it's a collective effort, and of course, it is definitely possible if uh, there are more hands joining in. Yeah. Yeah, I do think it's a collaboration. You know, it's we're able to advance things when we work together, right? Of course. Okay. The next question that I have for you is: What is one of the best pieces of advice? that you've ever been given? Okay, so uh, apart from the Narendra Modi advice, what I mentioned, uh, we had this opportunity of uh, talking to one of the leading industrialists uh, in the country. And uh, he very simply put, one of the finest uh, advice that I have ever received is that be resilient, keep trying. So it is something like resilience is what pays. So there might be plenty of ideas around the world. So there would be so many budding entrepreneurs who would uh, have those ideas of being the next Ubers or the next uh, apples of the world, but then very few succeed. So what differentiates them is that uh, quality of being resilient. So it's like a river can cut through the rock as well. It, it's not because of the strength of the river, but it's because of the resilience, sheer resilience. And that is something what I have tried to inculcate since the day I heard him say that. And uh, that has helped a lot. And I would say that would be my advice as well. But then, yeah, that is the advice which... Uh, I take with me all the time. That is great. Yeah, that's absolutely true about resiliency. So Akash, can you tell everyone where they can find you? How can they follow your work? How can they reach out if there's interest in the services or just learning more about favorite infinite creative solutions? Sure. Yeah. So uh, thank you so much for that opportunity. So just to add on to that, uh, we have been working in this domain in uh, India, Africa, Middle East. Uh, there are a couple of clients that we are serving in the US as well. 
So uh, if uh, anybody is keen to look at our offerings, the kind of work that we are doing, the website is called as www.faberinfinite.com. That is F-A-B-E-R-I-N-F-I-N-I-T-E.com. That is all one word. Or you can reach out to us or reach out to me at double A-K-A-A-S-H at the rate faberinfinite.com. So I think uh, in today's world, if I were to say faberinfinite.com, that would be the easiest way to reach out to us. Excellent. Yes, I will make sure that in the show notes, there's a link to your website. So anybody who's <laughs> interested can, can reach out to you. But I'm really grateful for the conversation this morning and learning a little bit about your company and the things that you do. I um, am passionate too about the space that we are in of change and, and helping not just organizations, like you said, become better, but also making the place that we live and the resource around us better. So I'm honored to have you today. I'm, I'm really glad. Thank you so much. It was uh, my privilege to be on this show, which is wonderful. So before we end, let me, uh, with your permission, let me ask you one question. Sure. If that is okay. Of course. Right, yeah. So uh, this, uh, what we can see on the screen, it says born unbreakable. Mm -hmm. See, if you can talk more about that, if you can help me understand what is this born unbreakable, if you can throw some light on that. Yes, that is such a great question. And I'm glad you asked because that's not always something that I get asked. But uh, when I started the podcast and I started this show, one of the driving factors for me was being able to continue to rise to the occasion, even despite life's challenges. You know, I personally, I've gone through many different challenges from losing my father when I was young, when I was nine years old. Um, I've experienced divorce, which is oh. a, a challenging uh, thing to go through, um, but also a tremendous thing to grow from. And I've had to um, deal with different illnesses, you know, in my family. My mom has uh, oh. diabetes and she recently had a scare a few months back with a surgery that almost didn't go successfully. And um, I'm excited for her now that she's retired. But with those personal experiences for me, it just made me realize that I have an um unbreakable spirit that is able to continue, like you mentioned, the word resiliency, to bounce back and have the opportunity to grow from the experiences that um, maybe are a little bit painful. And with that, I know that others share in those same kinds of life experiences. And I wanted to create a platform where we could be in community with each other to show our experiences collectively and how we can rise above to do really great things in the world. That is wonderful. That is really wonderful. And let me take this opportunity to congratulate you for the kind of work, the wonderful work that you're doing and the kind of spirit that you are demonstrating that being unbreakable so it is commendable uh, congratulations to you for that thank you akash i really appreciate you and and for asking the question like i said it's it's amazing to share in this space with people like you who are entrepreneurs that are sharing your experience with the world, because I think those are the kinds of things that bring us together. You mentioned humanity, and I and I would love to see more of that, of us partnering together across the world to make life's experience that much more rich. Sure, of course, and uh, that is what uh, makes this movement going. So thank you so much once again for having me. And I look forward to collaborating with you and your audience in time to come. Wonderful. Thank you again. 
continuous improvement. That is the name of the game for anybody in the consulting space. It was so much fun talking to Akash Force, who is also the founder of his own consultancy. I've been having such an amazing time talking for the last couple of weeks with entrepreneurs starting their journeys. And one of the common threads that I found, which is something that I love to look for is themes, is not just impacting a company, a person, or an organization, but the, but the broader impact that we can have on the communities around us. There's this sense of global impact. And that is something that I would encourage you to take away from today's episode into your life. What are you doing today that is impacting something bigger than yourself? Whether it's locally in your community, something that's impacting your state, something that is touching beyond the walls and the borders of your state into other parts of this, the country or even the world. It just is evidence that we as individuals have the ability to make a big impact. Don't play small. Think big. And like Akash mentioned today in the wonderful characteristics that came up, about him personally and his own philosophy is resiliency. And resiliency is our ability to bounce back from difficulty. I thought it was so cool that he asked me about Born and Breakable. That's not something that people usually do, um, at least to that, to that level. So think about your impact and just know that you have the ability to make a difference. And despite change being hard, like we talked about today, you can persevere when you rally around to get the right people who are like-minded and have a positive attitude to evoke the change that you want to see in the world. So with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Tune in again next week for another inspiring episode of the Born Unbreakable podcast. Remember, you are your only limit, so take action today. See you next time.